if you've just got a you know a support person who's not really who doesn't care so much about the company, they're not going to notice sentiment and pick that sort of stuff up in what people are saying. And I think that's really important stuff to know. Hey, Feasters. Welcome to episode five of season five of Live in the Feast. I'm Jason, aka Rez, helping you improve your business by having a conversation with someone who's been there, had success, and built a business designed around the life they want to live. That's Live in the Feast. This season's theme is selling your service. And we've got another awesome chat today with James Jimmy Rose of Content Snare. Now, I know that he's into snowboarding. He loves vacation. He's built this business around the kind of life that he wants. James comes from the design agency background, and he's built a SaaS that, in his words, gets information from people. That's content snare. He focuses on agencies and freelancers because, well, that's the world that he knows and understands. But as you'll hear in this conversation, there are many other types of customers that enter his world, and he talks about how he caters to them. In this episode, we dive into understanding the customer without any preconceived assumptions to what their problems are, how goals are more or less a guessing game, and they could work if you have a predictable way of getting clients, but what to do instead. And finally, we talk about implementation over consumption and analysis. So let's just do that. Let's head into the conversation with James. This episode is brought to you by Feast, the premium online coaching and community designed for developers, designers, marketers, and freelancers like you wanting to specialize their business and build recurring revenue that is both profitable and sustainable. Today's market is ever-changing and yesterday's advice won't cut it. Feast members get exclusive access to the roadmap and training library, which includes everything you need to niche down build recurring revenue, and become that go-to expert for your services. That, together with the monthly roundup calls, exclusive workshops, expert chit-chat, and our Slack community, you'll have everything you need to build a business around the life of your dreams. If you're serious about not competing on price and having those clients that respect you and your expertise, then join Feast today. Head over to feastcourse.com. If you use the code LITRPG at checkout, you'll receive 15% off of the annual membership price. Hey, Feasters. Today's featured co-host is James Rose. James, welcome. Jason, thanks for having me. I love that you call me a co-host too. That makes you feel very special. <laughs> yeah. Well, you are very special. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, sir. <laughs> James is founder of Content Snare, which helps agencies get site and marketing content from clients, from their own clients. He's super passionate about saving time, increasing profitability, which I think all of us are. But for me, what it is, is you're into creating an awesome experience for customers. James, I'm sure I didn't do enough justice to that intro. Why don't you tell us a little bit more about who you are and why you do what you do? 
Sure. Well, um, I mean, yeah, that the, the main the main thing right now is content snare, which you covered. And it's funny, like it, you said exactly what our target audience and and I guess use case are for digital agencies and freelancers to gather content from clients, whether that's for websites or marketing campaigns. Um yeah, so I mean that's that's the main use. That's what we focus the marketing on. But it's actually pretty much anyone to get any information out of anyone else, you know. So we've had you know some uh, express. Oh, we've actually had some signups from like uh, universities or lately, and um, and mortgage brokers and this kind of thing. So it is, but we just focus on agencies because that's the world I came from, right? So I um, that was mm-hmm. a sort of our marketing focus uh, in the beginning. And that's just where it's gone. It's easy for me to sort of focus on that problem because I know it so well. (laughs) Yeah. No, I think that's... What are the universities using it for? Yeah, I think it's pretty much the same kind of thing. I've actually got a contact at the local university in Brisbane here, one of them, and I spoke to them and they actually use a, a kind of competitor. And I was like, ah... Okay, well, when all these universities started signing up to us, I reached out to him because I knew they used it. And I was like, I want to learn how you use this because it's kind of in a different space than us. And I was like, maybe we can start, you know, going in that direction. (laughs) That's if I understand the use case. Uh, But it's pretty much the same thing. Like, apparently, universities, every, like, department and, like, area have their own sort of website. And they need to collect information and content for that from internal stakeholders. So instead of saying collect content from clients, it's now like collect content from stakeholders. I sound very corporate-y now, but yeah, I got to work that out. Hmm. I was thinking like from applicants, from students and and things like that. And I'm like, holy cow, wow, we're getting pretty advanced since when I went to school. (laughs) Well, if they want to, if it's an issue to get information from students, then they could use it for that too. But I doubt it's that difficult. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So you touched on it a little bit. Can you just share a little bit with us what you did in your agency life? One that you were able, that you saw that this was a problem that was the genesis of content stamp. Yeah. So it's funny. It, 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 I can't take credit for like seeing the problem and building this solution for it because when we're doing the website stuff that I was a big fan of sort of productization and, and turning things into as much process as I could. And I still am, you know, like that's, that's pretty much everything I do now, but I remember at the time thinking that briefing was a process that I could automate, you know, like if, if someone had a kind of idea of what they wanted in a website, I had a pretty cool idea of how to streamline that. And the, the classic advice with startups and, and software products, anything really is to talk to your customers with no, ex- no assumptions about, you know, what the problems they have and the solution that you've already kind of got in your head. So instead it was just talking to some local agencies because I was relatively well connected locally and I just met with people or spoke with people on the phone and talked through their process from start to finish, you know, from getting a client through to, you know, finishing the project and trying to upsell them and finding out where the bottlenecks and issues were. And out of that, it was about 15 chats, I think. And like 15 of them spoke about, getting content from clients in varying levels. You know, some people were like, oh, it's a problem. And some people were like, it made me want to leave the industry. (laughs) So, uh, and that was when I went, huh. And they basically wrote our copy for us in those those interviews, (laughs) the initial copy anyway. Uh, And yeah, that's when I realized that was a problem that we needed to tackle. Because I, you know, as soon as they said it, I was like, oh, of course, this is a massive issue for us as well. So yeah, the, the idea was kind of flipped on its head before we even started. 
Yeah, it's awesome. I, I love hearing. I love hearing that you actually spoke to customers, <laughs> right? Like, let me figure out what they talk about, what their problems are, and the language that they use. Because I think that, like you said, that writes the sales page. That writes your how you correspond with folks. So, with Content Snare, do you do high touch sales? Like, do you have a sales queue or is it more of like click the button and buy, mixture of the two? How does all that work? Um, it's pretty much self-serve. In fact, I went on a, a podcast the other day called the self-serve podcast or something. That's when I was introduced to that term. I mean, yeah, it's just classic sort of software. People can sign up for a trial and then upgrade later, you know, classic email onboarding process and then asking them to upgrade at the end. You know, I have tried to incorporate software demos in and for a long time it was possible to book a time with me to uh, jump on a demo and I ended up removing it because it was barely used and when it did I'm not sure if it was a problem with the software we were using but no one ever showed up <laughs> so I was like oh, I was like I'm just wasting my time and people seem to work it out themselves and you know as time goes on we add more training or information best practices videos you know it's kind of people can work it out they're not stupid so mm-hmm. well some people are. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is true. Sometimes, you know, with any business, you're going to get some messages that are going to really blow your mind. That I think it also comes down to people, uh, the, the society we're in kind of making people more lazy as well. Like I find myself falling into this trap where you just don't want to spend the time to work something out. So it's, if it's mm-hmm. not obvious in like three and a half seconds, you might jump onto support and be like, how do I do this? Yeah, I think that's a society thing more than people people, <laughs> people, people being stupid. When it comes down to sales, you said that your target market is agencies because that's the language that you speak. That's kind of the process that you, you come from. I'm curious when another, let's just use the university as an example, another market comes into play there. Do you say, oh, this is interesting. You see them sign up. Do you reach out to them? Do you try to have those, like you said, those calls with them to sort of hear their problems and their assumptions and things like that? Yeah, I do. I try. And they are really bad at responding. I mean, it hasn't been like very many of them so far, but I see the domains come through and I actually have like a lead scoring automation set up where it, it finds how big a client is. And then drops it into my Bonjoro queue. Bonjoro is a tool for sending personal videos to people. And I send mm-hmm. personal videos when anyone signs up for a paid account or when they cancel just to you know ask a couple of questions or thank them or whatever. And I also have one for those big clients that come up, come through. So, you know, sometimes I'll see one where it's like client of size 8,000 staff has signed up. And I'm like, what the hell is this? And I, <laughs> <laughs> I see it's a university. And I'm like, oh, my Lord. I'll send them a video. And man, my hit rate on that is low. Like with agencies and freelancers, everyone's like, oh my God, a personal video. This is the greatest thing ever. And with unis, they're like, they just, I don't know. I don't know if they don't see it, they don't respond or whatever. But, um, you know, I've tried emails as well. Like like manual emails to reach out Mm -hmm. and be like, hey, look, I saw you signed up. I'm curious to hear how you'd use it. Really keen to like, yeah to sort of open up a dialogue and sometimes they respond sometimes they don't and sometimes they sign up for a paid account anyway and it honestly it confuses the hell out of me i don't <laughs> yeah like they're non-responsive but yet they're paying you yeah so who's paying 
outside of, I mean, universities, who knows? It could be like a shared mailbox or something, right? Like, like, oh yeah, Joe's going to take care of this or Jane's going to take care of this, you know? Like, but I mean, yeah, that's super interesting. Do you use those personalized videos further up the chain? Like when they sign up for something free? I mean, uh, you know, if you have a lead magnet or something like that. I did it for a while, but uh, when anyone signed up for a trial, but it was just too much pressure for me. You know, like it's a lot of... uh like, even though they're only 20 to 40 second videos, say, if you've got to do like 20 of them a day or something, like it can, that's a lot of time. And I had to stop doing it. I really, I kind of enjoy doing it. Um, but when you're doing them at that volume, they're harder to personalize as well. Because you have mm. to, well, you can't really. You don't have the time to go and research them and art. Like their you know, name, that's about it. <laughs> yeah. Like, so it's literally the same thing where you just set a different name. And I'm like, yeah, nah, this is just not worth doing. It's not even that personal. So yeah, I stopped all of that. That's why it's um, key key uh, events, I guess, whether they're paying for something or canceling or, you know, there's other things too. You know, you, I've seen lots of uh, examples of this where you're getting people to sign up for affiliates maybe, you know, like if you work out someone has referred a couple of friends through their own referral code, you might reach out to them and say thanks for that and try and, you know, talk to them about ramping that up. You know, they're just random ideas. There's a lot of cool things you can do with it's like automated personal videos too because it drops in a little notification on my phone and all i have to do is hit it and record and i'm done yeah yeah i use bonjour also and it's i get to the point of which like people do like that like holy cow this is great and then other people are like is this automated (laughs) i said your name or i referred your website or i referred something specific about you how could it possibly be automated but the the (laughs) level of delight and unexpected you know, surprise that they get, I mm. guess, is like, it's through the roof, like the open rates and replies and such. It's, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. I understand why they're skeptical though. You know, like I, I got an email from a very prominent marketer the other day that was like a personal video for you. And it was absolutely not a personal video. It was like just the same thing sent to his, his list. Um, sure. It was him on video, like addressing, I don't know, but like, it's not personal. Like, I don't know. It was just weird. I don't know <laughs> like, why he said it. And the, but the, it's people like this that are making it difficult for us that actually, you know, like engaging with our customers. <laughs> uh, like mm-hmm. my, my email subject is like, no, not automated. And then like in the message, it's like, no, seriously, this is personal. It's not automated. Like just to get people to click on the damn thing. Because everyone assumes right. it's automated. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, it's funny. Yeah. I mean, even my own clients, like I do have like automated onboarding email sequences, like you said. And some clients are like, do I have to answer this? I'm like, yeah, that's like, I asked you a specific question for a login or, like, or yeah. whatever, right? Like, yeah, I need you to answer that. Like, <laughs> just like the automation level has gotten to a point now where people are just blind to it. They're just like, oh, this must be, I don't know whatever, you know, like unimportant. But um, yeah, I mean, the big thing that I've tried to do, and it sounds like you're doing as well, is is making it more personal, making it more of a unique experience in working with you that that is unexpected, that people don't, you know, it's like, oh, this is different. This is a different engagement. I mean, it, outside of the personalized videos, is there anything else that you're working with to try to do that? Yeah, I was thinking this actually just as you started saying that. I get a lot of feedback about support, right? Because one of the biggest things that I hear all the time is like outsource support. 
you know, even the the really prominent SaaS podcasts and stuff where there's guys who are really well known and they're really personal guys, they're like, first thing I wish I outsourced was support. And I just call BS on that in a way because me, I, I still handle support. Granted, you know, maybe some, maybe if we grew faster, I wouldn't be able to do it anymore. But honestly, it takes me like 10 minutes, 20 minutes a day of support at the moment. And so even if we were tenfold, it's, you know, maybe then I'd have to I'd have to start looking at outsourcing <laughs> some of it, but I'd still want to read it because that's the only way to get a pulse on the issues people are having, uh, like sentiment as well. Like if you've just got a, you know, a support person who's not really, who doesn't care so much about the company, they're not going to notice sentiment and pick that sort of stuff up in what people are saying. And I think that's really mm-hmm. important stuff to know. So how do you, how do you key in on that sentiment? Like, is it just like all of a sudden you deploy code or something, and then it's like a week later, it's like, oh, what happened? The support got very angry all of a sudden. <laughs> or how, how do you key in on that? Um, it's just intuition, I guess. Like, yeah. uh, it's not some process, even though everything I do is basically process. In this case, I don't think it's something like that. You know, I, if I get a bunch of messages. Especially if I'm checking it every day, I can know that if something, if there's been some commonalities between things recently, I know something's changed recently, you know. And it's also knowing what features to build next because, you know, I could, we used to have a spreadsheet that kept track of everything people asked for and tally it up. But now I like, I don't even need to look at that anymore. I have a very good idea of what people want in the tool just by talking to them. And I like, I can see what things are bubbling to the front over time. Hmm. I've heard that even in the services side, like just why don't you just outsource support on the recurring services kind of thing. And I'm like, I don't know how you could do that though. Like just have somebody else field support requests. And I guess at a level, like you're saying is if you scale up to a point of which you're just overwhelmed with work and things like that, I guess there's a frontline support, but I would want to know. I would want to know like yourself, like what are people talking about? What are people struggling with? Mm. What is the language that they're using? You know, just to be able to then turn that back around, maybe fix the problem or, you know, even say, okay, look, you know, this is how we're solving a problem. And if you get something enough, build an FAQ or blog post on how to do this stuff. And then you don't have to answer those questions anymore. Yeah. I think a good middle ground would just be scrolling through support requests occasionally. Like even if you're not handling them yourself, you can still have a look back through and and see if there's any issues coming up regularly. Like, cause that, that's going to take way less time than actually handling the support yourself. Yeah, sure. Yeah, of <laughs> course. Yeah. So in and around sales, and I know it's a SaaS, but do you set like quarterly goals, annual goals, monthly goals, like numbers to hit? And I assume you do. And if you do, how do you track that? Yeah, nah, <laughs> I'm the worst <laughs> at goals ever. And oh, I don't know. I, it's funny that you assume I do because um, <laughs> I'm like the complete opposite. I, I, I set, I don't know. I, I'm real. Like I just almost am anti goals in a way, you know, like my goal is more, my goals are more, if there are any, it's more just like the stuff I know I, I should be doing. And then, you know, it's like I need to try a Facebook ad campaign or something. You know, this is in the early days when we were trying different marketing channels. It was just to test different things. That's all it was. There was no, you know, I need 100 signups because that's just a guessing game to me. Like all okay. that stuff is just guessing. And, and like you just do the stuff, you know, like do the stuff you know you need to do and, and see if it works. And if it 
you know, find something that works and then double down on it. You know, like, I don't know. I don't really think about numbers. I, I guess goals might work if you had to do like cold calling and stuff. Like maybe that is what I could have done and said, I need a hundred signups in the first six months of this tool or whatever. And then I'd be more inclined to cold call people, but like, I just don't want to do that. So. <laughs> all right. Yeah. No, I mean, I guess the reason why I asked is because you hear that all the time with SAS. They're like, I need to get to this MOR number. Uh, I need a number of trial signups to convert those percent, a, per, a certain percentage to mm. actual paying customers. I assume that that's when mm-hmm. you like fell into that, but it's kind of actually almost refreshing that you're just like, look, I'm just I'm running a business. I know what I need to make yeah. essentially, right? To pay the bills and, and live life and, and yeah. We'll see how it happens. Do yeah, right, well, right. It's all well and good to have those kind of goals if you have a predictable way to get clients. And we unfortunately do not have that. You know, like there are some ways, but they're not necessarily scalable. You know, like we rank well in, in search for a lot of things, but they're low volume terms and they continue to deliver clients. But it's not like I can't go, you know what? Now I'm going to use search to ramp up to getting 100 new clients a month from this channel or something. I can't do that because I've done enough research to know that the keyword volume is not there. It's yeah, it's all well and good if you've got a predictable way, but we don't, you know, like, and the, so the, our biggest channel is partnerships and, and relationships, you know, like if I chat to you a bit and then you go, oh, this is a, a valuable tool for my audience. I'm going to share it around, you know, and there's no way I know how many that's going to deliver. We've had partnerships that with really prominent people who've resulted in like one trial sign up. And then we've had other ones which just continue to deliver and like I wouldn't have picked it at all. So yeah, I think I think you need some level of predictability for goals like that. You know, if you know how much an ad click is going to cost and these are the terms you're going to target uh, and that kind of thing. And yeah, no, it makes sense. So, and you kind of touched on it a little bit. Are you, you said you double down on the things that are working. You know, you try something and then you double down on the stuff that's working. How do you know that it's working? Where you get clients from it and that's pretty much it. I think that's it. Like, so like actual paying clients too because you know standard tracking like it's very hard to track too like some channels especially partnerships because if if you know we're talking about content snare here and then someone goes away and types content snare into google i have absolutely no idea that they heard from heard about it from this podcast or whatever so uh, that's why I have to have other things after the sign up to be like, hey, where'd you hear about us? We'll extend your trial if you tell me. And, you know, then that's basically the only data I have. But a key thing here was like, at first it looked like Facebook ads was working really well for us. You know, we were hitting our cost per acquisition for a trial and it was like, awesome. Like, and we knew that our trial of paid conversions 10% or whatever. So if we get this cost per trial, then Facebook ads are working. So we're like, yep, awesome, it's working. But then you just go a little bit further down the funnel and you look at paid signups and it's like, oh, wait, Facebook to paid conversion is only, I don't know, 2% or something. Like it it was really, really poor. And we were like, huh, that just means all our ad campaigns are useless. So yeah, so because you've applied the the conversion rate from, from the whole, I guess, business to that and it's just not the case so i'd say you know it's working you're getting clients for a reasonable dollar amount (laughs) (laughs) yeah no i a thing that i'm i am notorious about is experiments right like i do a social experiment on a 
platform that's new for 30 days and see what happens. Like I did that with Snapchat and Periscope and all that stuff. But I always try to say like, okay, I'm going to give this a month and I want X out of that. Like to see what that X is. It could be a client, it could be followers, it could be whatever the metric is, right? But it's oftentimes like my other podcast, which is a daily podcast, that started out as an experiment, a month experiment to see if I could do a daily podcast where I'm just answering one question. So it's like short, it's like five, seven minutes long. When I saw that the downloads for podcasts, and you know this as a podcaster, that it's in exact science, right? Like it doesn't mean that there are that many people listening to it, but it's like an indication of that. Over the month, when I saw the growth of that, and now I get it that it's a daily podcast and, you know, the more that you put out, the more downloads opportunity, right? The download listens on the first, you know, basically in the first 24 hours kept growing. And I'm like, nice. what? I'm like, <laughs> how's that happening? <laughs> right? Like, where is it finding it from? Because yeah. I wasn't doing show notes. I wasn't doing anything like that. And it was all on anchor at that time. And I wasn't like, I was trying to figure out the app and the search algorithm in there. I was thinking maybe it was popping up there and things like that. And I wasn't really sharing it out on social and all that other stuff. So I was like, okay, I don't really know that this is working, but it seems to be. So yeah. I'm just going to keep going. Right. <laughs> and so like I pulled it off of Anchor and started making show notes and on my website and things like that. And now I'm at like, I think it's episode 225 at the end of this week or something like that. But like, you know, it's still every, the growth rate of that is still growing. And I'm like, all right, either I'm reading this wrong, <laughs> but like you, if somebody connects with me from a paid level, from a podcast, I have to ask them, like, how did you hear about this? Where did you come from? Like that kind of stuff, because there is no, I mean, unless I throw out a coupon code on the podcast and they use that, there's no way in which I can do that. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, sometimes the social experiments for me are fun, but then they're a distraction, right? And like you said, that like I've big thing this year for me is really focusing in on the things that are working. Like, let's put the experiments aside for now. What you said partnerships is working for you, but you can't really track that. So I'm curious to know what really is working for you that you can track. I mean, that's, that's the position I'm in with our business right now. And it's actually a killer, you know, like a lot of people talk about making data driven marketing decisions and the people that are just operate on numbers. And like you were just covering then, sometimes all we've got to go on is crap data that you can't fix. You know, like you can see this thing. And as long as you're confident, you can read the data and you check it like five times and you're like, no, like the download numbers are definitely going up. I mean, and the only other thing you can do is ask people where they're coming from. And then if you start seeing that they found your podcast, then like that's about the best you can go on. Right. So then mm -hmm. you might keep going with that. If I look at our trial, like the, what people are saying to get their trial extensions, and that, that, that's one of the best things I think we did. Otherwise, I'd be completely flying blind as we extend someone's trial in exchange for just saying where they came from. Like, that's all they have to do. I think that's super smart. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> but um, it's just good to have something, you know, it's not a huge volume of data, but it gives us something, you know, and it's pretty much all partnerships or, you know, searching for certain things on, on Google or whatever, which we, like I said, we basically can't scale up. So, yeah, I mean, that's, that's the data I've got to go on and that's why I'll continue to push on partnerships. You know, I'm going to, I've got another Facebook campaign to run because I've spoke to some people over in Thailand for an event. I was there 
I was there for and I've got some ideas and again, that'll just be an experiment. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, well, I'll just go back to only partnerships. So I'm curious now that we're in the new year, I've started reading a lot of sales strategies, I guess not strategies, but like the history of sales and like understanding sales in a much more knowledgeable aspect. And I enjoy like the psychology of it, like just to like help somebody come into like, I've always thought that if somebody comes to me and they leave the conversation in a better place, whether it is with me or with a link or with a referral to somebody else, then that's, that's good enough. Basically putting them on the path to, to solving their problem. But I've been reading a lot of different blogs and articles and books and things like that on sales. How do you educate yourself on trying these various different tactics and strategies, even not just from a sales perspective, but also just managing customers as they are working with you? Yeah, that's a that's a hard one. I'm like this year, I'm like going the complete opposite. I downloaded a couple of books and I was like, nah, I don't want, I'm so done with business books. I've gone back to like total fiction, like the nerdiest fiction you can possibly get too. It's like, but it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Ready Player One. <laughs> uh, you know what? Ready Player One put me down an entire genre called lit RPG which is like, it's basically books about games or role-playing in some way. And it's like, I never thought I'd be into this stuff, but holy crap. Like, I'm just like, it's so zony outy for me. You know, I guess as a, a game, like I play a lot of video games, it's kind of it tease in, but I didn't think I'd be into books about it, you know? Right, right, right. But it's, it's cool. Um, but that's my zone out now. So I've actually taken a step back from books because I think that, I've been in this space for a long time as as probably most of us have and just business in general, right? And I've read a lot of books and listened to a lot of podcasts and read a lot of things. I don't think we need any more information. It's it's about applying what you've learned, you know, sure. If you, if you really have a need to know, like, you know, you're like, I want to learn about sales, you go and get some sales books. That makes sense. Not just like reading business books for the sake of reading business books. I think that's, that's good at this in the beginning. I'm just, like you eventually just start reading the same thing rehashed in different books so yeah i mean like podcasts for me were a big thing like i had a few marketing podcasts i'd listen to but even then now most of the time i'm just deleting them what else yeah i don't know don't delete this one (laughs) absolutely not (laughs) well if they're listening to that they obviously haven't so thank you (laughs) but yeah like i don't know there's Staying on top of things, I, like I think I heard it referred to as like just in time learning. Like like I was saying, if there's something you want it, you feel you need to know better, then go and find some resources on that and listen to them, or find some podcasts that you listen to regularly that just keep you in the know about something. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think, and that that's I I think that's what I realized at the end of last year when I was like, all right, I got to stop doing all these experiments because I listen to a podcast. It works for them. It sounds interesting and fun to do. Let me go try that for a month. And I'm like, why did I just do that? Like, that's like, you know, distraction, right? And like, like you said, just in time learning, like I'm definitely intrigued on the sales process and high touch sales and not just, and I mean, obviously services works, you know, I'm expanding out into coaching and other things. So how does that work? How do I apply it to that? And so I've been trying to figure that out a little bit more just because High touch sales for me is works. Like I'm not the, I want to blast my email list for a week and a half 
go through like, you know, a couple of training videos and a webinar and like, you know, buy my thing. Like it's, that's not my style. So I've really tried to start focusing in on that. So I'm trying to learn as much as I can from, you know, other successful folks like yourself that like, what do you focus in on? Like, right? Like, how do you educate yourself? Like, like rather than just taking the, the breath of like the internet in, like you said, like just reading business books to read business books, you start hearing the same thing over and over again, but like specific people, like I want to understand a little bit more about them and what they're doing. Right. Like, I think that's helpful. Yeah. Um, just a question you asked too about how do you know sort of what, what to test or what to focus on too. Um, sometimes you just find a book or a resource that helps so much in, in one area. And for that one, I don't know if you know the book Traction, not yep. the Gino Wickman one. There's two different Traction books. One's focused on, it's actually focused on SaaS and startups, yeah. but it honestly doesn't matter. It just talks about, I don't know, it's like 19 different channels or something. You're right. <laughs> but it shows you, goes through the process. It's very actionable on going through the process and like, coming up with your short list of maybe like five or six and then how to run the test in each one of those to find a channel that actually works for you right so that you know that one book is is really good way to just i don't know think about what channel you're going to try next and try and make it work yeah that was actually on the back of reading that book is when i was like why are you just doing all this other stuff yeah (laughs) stop doing that the book's telling you what to do so it was it was i love the book we'll put that in the show notes obviously um but yeah, it, same thing. Like it was a SaaS. Like I picked it up and I, somebody introduced it to me and they said they were in the services realm. They said it, it's SaaS. It says that it's SaaS, but mm-hmm. a lot of this applies to just about business in general. And you can, you can definitely, like, yeah, it was like 19 channels or something and yeah. bullseye method and all that stuff. But yep. cool. So what's next for you and Content Snare? That's a good question. I think it's it's pretty much partnerships. Uh, we want to. There's a lot of things we want to build into the tool itself. Um, you know, we've we've had some setbacks in the last sort of couple of months that have really delayed our last release. And you know, on the sentiment thing, I'm starting to see people noticing that. Right. So now, like, you know, but I we have to hire a couple of developers to because we have a. We still have the agency going, but we have one really major client and something's ramped up really hard where it's basically drained the rest of our business. And we were not in a position that we could do anything else, basically. So we have to hire some people to get people back on Content Snare to really finish this off. But there's a whole bunch of features we know we need to make it more appealing to those larger organizations and larger agencies as more of a collaboration tool, not just getting content like a one-way sort of getting content out of clients making it maybe you know possible to collaborate uh between like a writer a client and the agency and stuff like that so that's where we're going with it and yeah so then just continue down the the partnerships path and and you know what i read a lot about this sort of philosophy that sometimes the best way to grow a business is just to focus on your current clients and make it really good for them uh, mm. and make their experience amazing and and that's you know how you grow and i kind of like that idea you know like focus instead of trying to like look at new marketing channels and stuff like that just really making sure what we've got is good you know so we've got some help you know like increasing the amount of help within the tool or support whatever you know just making the experience better for people who are currently using it and hopefully everything flows on from there i love it 
That's a perfect ending for sure. <laughs> yeah. Double down on, like you said, double down on what you got, right? What works? Where can people reach out and say thanks? That's a good question. Maybe Twitter, I think, is underscore Jimmy Rose. I've also got a, a blog, a personal blog at jimmyrose.me where I'm sort of getting into automation and, and just random stuff on the side. But otherwise, obviously, contentsnare.com. Awesome. Well, we'll definitely link all of that up in the show notes. Thanks again for your time. Insights. Loved it. Uh, I got a ton of value out of it for sure. So I know the listener does too. So thanks. Thanks for having me, Jason. It's been awesome. And for everyone else, until next time, it's your time to live in the feast. Partnerships and making your existing customers the happiest they can be. Absolutely great advice and something to keep in mind as you grow in your business. Next week, I'll be back with Blair Enns, a virtual mentor of mine. I'm super psyched for you to hear this. We're going to talk all about pricing creativity. Until then, it's your time to live in the feast. Feast.